0: Thank you for tuning in to Jam Happy Hour, a podcast with a heavy pour of wine and music presented by Jam Sellers. We're going back to July 15th of 2022 when we chatted with Ryan from Sounded Shape. We talked with him about the meaning behind their recent albums titled Disaster Medicine, musical influences, and got to hear a bunch of tunes. So glad you're here to check it out. During this episode, we were kicking back with a glass of Bold Jam Cab. You can find jam and all of our easy to love wine over at slash buy, where we also have a super handy wine finder just pop in your zip code and get a list of all the stores in your area that supply our wine we've also got a deal for all of you jam fans that are tuning in for today's episode stock up on all of your favorite wines and have them shipped directly to your door at no additional cost when you order six bottles or more at our jam store all you have to do is head over to jamsellers.com slash shop and enter the code jam happy hour at checkout and then the shipping's on us Without further ado, grab a glass, sit back, and get ready to jam out and wind down. This is Jam Happy Hour, poured by Jam Sellers. Welcome to the Jam Happy Hour. My name is Jana. So excited to be back with you. We've got an hour of music, conversation. Feel free to open your favorite jam wine and just kind of sit back and relax. Either enjoy getting to know this artist a little bit better or maybe you already know uh, sound and shape and you just want to enjoy some music with us. I'd like to bring Ryan in for our Jam Happy Hour today. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. It is so great to have you here with us uh, this evening. I know you and I are on the more evening side, um, <laughs> but that's the beauty of happy hour. It can happen at any time and any place.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Now, I know typically it be, it, the band sound in shape. Uh, we're missing a couple of fellas here. Uh, what's happening there?
1: Um, usually when it's, you know, more stripped down stuff like this, I just mm-hmm. do it because um, I'm the guitar player. I'm the yeah. the melody maker of the band, I guess. Um, you know, we're just a three piece bass drums and guitar, so. I don't know if our rigs would fit in this room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun to watch you try. Uh, we're, yeah. we're thrilled to have you with us, but I just want to let everybody know that maybe that aren't familiar with sound and shape and what it is that you do, that there is, there is a whole nother side uh, to the band, a bigger sound, a, a bigger setup. And I highly encourage you to go and follow them on, on all the socials at sound and shape, uh, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And you guys are putting it all out there. So that people can easily kind of follow along, because you've been doing music for a hot minute. This is not a new oh, yeah. thing.
1: No, no, not at all. It's been a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the first like the, I was looking at the disco- discography, and uh, you've been at it since like gosh, oh nine, ten. Like this is so not a new on. thing.
1: No, no. First, the first record came out in uh, January of two thousand six. Okay, and. Um, You know, we kind of did everything wrong. (laughs) Do you Um, realize
0: that 06 is like, if we rounded up, that would be 20 years. I know it's 16, but.
1: No, yeah. I mean, yes, I do, but no, I don't want to admit it.
0: (laughs) I know. Um, I don't want to think about that either.
1: Yeah, but like literally the day the record came out, we just went on tour. And that year we played like 220 shows or something like that. Oh, my Um, Lord. And it was all self-booked, completely under our own steam. Uh which why which is why it was just insane because, you know, we started to to develop pockets of followings, but like mm-hmm. we draw really well in like Trenton, New Jersey, mm-hmm. which if anybody from Trenton's watching Hello. Um and, and then we'd have like really good shows in like San Francisco, really good shows in Denver. Each other. Right. So there was there was no rhyme or reason. Um and it took many years of us doing that to realize like, hmm. This probably isn't the the best way to go about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of miles to transverse. And if we've learned anything in this pandemic, it's that, you know, we are a lot more connected than maybe we initially thought that we were. And especially Mm -hmm. when everybody had to like kind of stay home and obviously touring stopped and, and, you know, plans changed and we'll get more into that. But, you know, we were able to create, you know, instances like this where Mm -hmm. it's like, you know. You know, jam fans can get together with sound and shape fans and music fans and everybody can kind of just come together and be together in the safety of our own home. Do you kind of see this technological Mm -hmm. connection continuing now that we're even back out there?
1: Yeah, um, I do. Because I I think there's still probably a a good portion of the population that um, is kind of still worried about, you know, maybe going to a show that has more than three or 400 people at it or more mm-hmm. than 50 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, going, not saying there's like shut-ins or anything, but you know, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think people are going to enjoy the fact that there are more options, mm-hmm. um, to see the bands that they like or to discover new bands or, you know, something like that.
0: I I've seen it from like the top of the top, you know, down to, you know, the up and comers, like, they're making it a point to create these, uh, you know, concerts, events, but they're online and it's like, yes, everybody's, you know, back to touring and people are getting back out on the road. But I, I think there's going to be that little bit of um you know, that safety in your bubble kind of stuff. I think for a while to come, but, you know, I I know you guys are big on touring and I know that we've got a lot of that kind of fun stuff to get into before we even chat anymore, though. Um, For somebody who maybe hasn't experienced sound and shape, and I know this isn't the full band and this isn't like the (laughs) full wall of sound, but uh, would you play us a song? Sure. Wonderful. What is the first song you want to play for us this evening?
1: Uh, this one's called Sugar the Pill, um, and it was the first single off our new record. Oh,
0: okay. Awesome. Which is Perfect. A, a plug. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what was that the preacher said, about riches and Heaven can live Inside our heads If hell can be ignored And everybody wants to be The hero of the story Ride on a white horse Here to steal the glory Sugar Make it go down easy Put you the kill to keep the voices quiet Where was that you thought you'd go? Where angels walked on gold? Step lightly while the sky is low. Go only where you're told. Sugar the pill to make it go down easy, butcher the kill to keep the whispers all quiet. What's in my hands I don't want What I can have You can't Take what's in my hands voice is quiet sugar the pill to make it go down easy butcher the kill to keep the whispers all quiet
0: That's a really perfect example of a great song, but also a really great example of, you know, people not wanting to kind of pigeonhole themselves into like a certain genre mm-hmm. because there's all kinds of genres going on in that music.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We like to keep ourselves uh, interested. I mean, we call ourselves, <laughs> um, well, interesting and interested, but you know, and, yeah, both. <laughs> they work. Um, we, I mean, we just call ourselves a rock band, you know, because it kind of encompasses a whole lot of things, you know, that you can get away with.
0: And all the things When you're in a rock band you can get away with all the things Honestly Um, Now you said that is off the latest album uh, Disaster Medicine And what an interesting title
1: Thank you Um,
0: Where did that come from?
1: I honestly don't remember Um, (laughs) Must have been a good (laughs) one. No, no, no Uh, (laughs) I'm constantly writing You Mm -hmm. know um, Thinking of music and lyrics and everything And, uh, Mm -hmm. the original title of the record was, um, soundtracks for silent movies. And I was like, ah, that is
0: very interesting. That is way
1: too pretentious. And, um, (laughs) so I was like, we need something a little more shorter and, you know, concise. And I was just, you know, driving around one day thinking about whatever. And that phrase popped Mm -hmm. into my head and I thought, you know, I know what it means, uh, Kind of to me, but it leaves a lot of, you know, it leaves a lot open to interpretation from the, the listener. That is so. a
0: huge interpretation statement. <laughs> Everybody's got a medicine story right. and then you throw disaster in front of that. And that could mean any number of things. Um, you know, you're looking at the, uh, the track list. It's like there's a lot going on there from the in the middle of the blue to how the light gets in, the quiet wars. But mm-hmm. it says... Um, in this little a snippet that uh, a large part of it was inspired by uh, Leonard Cohen. Really? Yeah.
1: Where does it say that?
0: <laughs> I saw that I like a snippet. I've been doing all, all like my digging and stuff. Weird. On that, so um,
1: I'm actually not a Leonard Cohen. I mean, let me let me rephrase that before I get lots and lots of hipster hate. Um,
0: <laughs> don't get the hipster hate.
1: I don't dislike Leonard Cohen, it's... but I'm not like into the catalog. Um, I think now that you say, I think a review. Said something about that. I don't know if they just caught the fact they were both Jewish. I don't know if, you know. Um. I don't know what would that
0: has to do with rock
1: and roll. <laughs> well, Leonard, Leonard Cohen's Jewish. Ju- Leonard Cohen's Jewish. I'm Jewish. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, no. Um, this record was, nobody will be able to pick it out, but um, Peter Gabriel was actually a huge influence on this record. <sighs>
0: Can um, we talk about Peter Gabriel for a second? And, and we can and, talk about him for and, there's hours. There's a really great example. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. That's a really great example of a very fringe sound. Right. A very like he was coming off the Genesis thing. He was he 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 sequestered himself away for a long time. He comes back. He's doing something that nobody else is doing, yeah. and it becomes pop culture. It becomes MTV. It becomes the biggest thing mm-hmm. in music. Yeah. Like who does that? Right. Yeah, Peter Gabriel does that
1: exactly, and I, I think it's a testament to the fact that like honesty in music is always going to win out. Because um, mm-hmm. you know in his first his first four solo records all did well, but they weren't huge. But then yeah, they weren't they weren't so yeah. But then when So yeah, came so. out, it was number one all around the world. Sledgehammer was all over the radio and MTV. Um, it actually knocked Genesis off the top spot.
0: Um <laughs> that's I love that you know that. Yeah, but I love that you know that if you
1: um <laughs> if you kind of look at what else was going on in eighty six, like you got the hair metal stuff, it's huge then. And here yeah. comes weird arty Peter Gabriel,
0: mm-hmm. you know, and, and to slay exactly the game.
1: exactly, just knocks everybody out of the way and says, Okay, you know, this is art, this is honest art, and it's huge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I might it might be naive of me to think, but I'd like to hope that that's still possible. I'm not saying we're going to come in and you know kick everybody off the charts, but
0: I think it's very um, possible. I mean, I, it, we don't see it like you know in the Peter Gabriel sense, but like I see hmm. it, you know, as I program Top Forty Radio, hmm. and you know, I think back to like when artists come along that have huge success that you wouldn't normally think, a la lately, Billie Eilish. You right. know, when she came on the scene, she was making music that nobody else on pop radio was. That's the thing. Other people weren't making that music, but she had a very different sound. And obviously that eclipsed and became, Mm. you know, very large, um, whether it's a repurposing of another sound from another time, like that works. So I think it is still very much possible, but I think when people look back to a Peter Gabriel and he was so Mm avant-garde and he was so visual that people forget how he was musically, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense.
1: Well, I mean, he was, he's kind of the, the very definition of like a multimedia artist. Like the, the tour.
0: Before there was multimedia. Right.
1: Right. Um, not the SO tour, but the album after, um, up that tour, like, you know, it was all, it was, he had the stage that was in the middle of the arena that had like, Mm -hmm. you know, a phone booth come out of the bottom or this giant tree (laughs) thing. And, you know, even his more recent tours have been, you know during mercy street on the last tour he did like his daughter's one of his backup singers she's in a boat mm-hmm. on the stage going around the <laughs> the stage like you know
0: that's art yeah. that's super visual yeah. like you can't you have to take it's almost like another instrument right right and, and i think uh i think um, that is maybe something that is a little bit lost like in the music today like doing all the full things. Do you see your music primarily or do you hear your music primarily?
1: Um, that's a good, that's a very good question. Um, both, but I have an incredibly hard time describing the visual part of it. Um,
0: almost like a synesthesia kind of a way.
1: Yeah. Um, and like we, we did three videos for this record and, uh, I had to come up with the ideas and like, I was sort of the de facto like director and stuff. And, I have no idea. Like, you know, like I have no idea what I'm doing. And, you know, they each, they progressively get, they progressively get better. The third one actually has like a a plot and a storyline and, you know, really cool images and stuff. Cause that one I was, that one I was able to like, you know, see enough in my brain of how I wanted it to go. But, um, the first two are just kind of like, all right, the band's going to play here (laughs) and then the band's going to play here. And then, you know, my wife and my, child or in the second and third one and you know some friends and like who's willing to do this but and that. that's honesty
0: that's right. that is authenticity and i yeah. think that's what people kind of crave it doesn't have to be like all over the top crazy avant-garde like it can be you know as simple and as honest as you know that and it can still have such a huge impact right
1: and i i struggle because i i you know, it's it's especially tough in this day and age with, you know, TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and everything like Oh yeah, as, 20 seconds or less. Yeah. As a musician, you're expected to be exposed in every way, shape or form 24 hours a day, seven days a week, especially if you're on tour. You know, and like I, I love doing interviews like that's totally cool. But mm-hmm. before we started this record campaign, I told our management, I was like, hey, I don't want any press photos. I don't want our name on the record. I want nothing. I just want the music. And then they laughed at me mm-hmm. and said, you're insane. Uh, <laughs> when you sell 10 million records, then you can do that. But now you have to, to do that. And, you know, they, they are right. Mm-hmm. You know, they are right. And, yeah, um, it, the, you know, there's a tough line between feeling like you're compromising your art and yourself and just kind of doing mm-hmm. what the job entails. So I try to keep a good, you know, balance there, especially, you know, mentally, because that stuff can get you. In a weird spot. Really fast.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's when you have to dive back into the music and yeah. just kind of remember what you're doing it all for. And it seems like a really great uh, segue into perhaps uh, hearing another song from you. Sure. I know we're here with Ryan this evening, but it is Sound and Shape, the band and the project. And, uh, you know, we are lucky enough to have Ryan here with us tonight performing. What song will you be doing? Uh,
1: I'm going to do In the Middle of
0: a Blue. Perfect. Also off the new album, Uh, Disaster Medicine, which just came out this year. We'll talk more about that after the fact, Uh, but please take it away. Sure.
2: In the burning days of summer When love becomes an act of war We lose the gentle kiss of thunder And soon summer is no more And everybody has a doubt as to what can you help me please and maybe i'll come back i asked to be let off before the trains jump the track as i look ahead i see only black and in the middle of a lost myself, but I like the view when the autumn falls to winter and snow blankets a quiet dawn. I brush the hair from the face of another sinner and wait the coming storm, and everybody has a doubt as to what it's all about. Can you help me, please? And maybe I'll come back, has to be let off before the train jumped the tracks as i look ahead i see only black and in the middle of a blue lost myself but like the view Mm
0: lyric that's so good i lost myself but i like the view that Thank is you. big in a good way I, I try to write big ideas <laughs> I, I think it's something we can all relate to too and which is mm-hmm. kind of like an interesting thing when it comes to music and when it comes to songwriting is that you know you can pour your heart and soul into a song With you, with the the band members, like whoever you decide, you know, to to come along on the songwriting adventure with, and you make something that is very personal to yourselves, and then you release it, and it's out into the world, and then it suddenly means something to somebody else. How does that sit with you?
1: It's a little weird, (laughs) to be honest. Um, (laughs) But I think it's good because honestly, that's why I do it. Um, I think, you know, I don't like to be too literal in my Mm -hmm. lyrics. Um, I'm actually not at all. It's all, you know, metaphor. Um, Big idea. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like I'm a huge, huge Noel Gallagher fan.
0: Oh, and, we could um, talk Oasis all night. So we've got Peter <laughs> so Gabriel and Oasis. But yeah, even the yeah. stuff that Noel's doing now too. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh
1: yeah. No, no, no. Right I'm there. more of a fan. I'm a I've been more Oasis. of a Noel fan even since he was an Oasis. But <laughs> you know, he uh he gives great interviews, but he was talking about Champagne Supernova and he was Never like
0: don't.
1: he was like, you know, I know what it means to me,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: you know, who knows what the fifteen year old now singing along to it in the crowd. Yeah. Is getting from it. And he's like, that's the beauty of it. And that's kind of how I've always thought. It's like, you know, the music it it taps into your emotions in one way or another. Um, you know, regardless of if you want it to or not.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, you know, if a song affects you, you know, obviously I, you know, if I hear a song I don't like it's, you know, well, I mean, to do with <laughs> timing
0: and moment and mood though. I mean, there are, there are times yeah, I'll yeah, hear a song. I'm like, that's fine. And then there's times I'll hear a song and I'm true. like the same exact song. And it's like, Whoa. So I think yeah. it has to do with, you know, where you're at. Right. Up here. Sometimes. But
1: very, very much so. And, you know, like I said, yeah, it, I know what they all mean to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in, in the same respect, like, sometimes the meaning changes as time goes on. Sure. Because um, all, all of this stuff was written pre-pandemic. So, obviously, like, my worldview has shifted just a wee changed. bit, you know. Um, it's
0: changed.
1: And I I kind of look at my writing, like, pre-being a dad and now. Um, okay. Because that, I mean... If if having a child doesn't change your worldview, then like you, I feel like you kind of need to examine <laughs> some personal well, things.
0: I think the exhaustion um. opens up a lot of filters and, then <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. things start flying out of your mouth. You never thought you would say because you just can't yeah, keep them in anymore. But yeah, of course, yeah. it changes your perspective on everything. Yeah. And to think that one day, you know, your children will be listening to these songs. Mm -hmm. and wondering like where were you in 06 and 08 and in 12 and 22 and like when all these songs Mm -hmm. are being written and it's going to mean something totally different to them.
1: Yeah, he's he's nine right now, so he's not super interested. I think he's watching. Hi, Liam. I love you.
0: Hi, oh, um, Liam. See so you are a Gallagher.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so I, I have to <laughs> I have to explain. Anybody who knows me know, knows that if we were going to name him after a Gallagher, it would have been Noel. Okay. Um, but my wife, who's also watching, hi, honey. I love you. Um, okay. her dad's name was Billy. Okay. Not not William. So right. Liam is like the rest of that, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it makes total sense. So, so it's like yeah. it's an homage, but it's also original to right. your son. Oh, that's so right. cool. Yeah. Are you guys Irish?
1: Uh, um I'm mostly Hungarian Jew and mm-hmm. a little little bit of English and Scottish. Uh-huh. My my wife is Irish and German.
0: Oh, then that makes so, uh that's that's such a great beautiful like melding of like all of it together in a name. Which, of course, mm-hmm. has some musical reference to it, which I'm not mad at. Speaking of musical <laughs> references, thinking back mm-hmm. uh, to In the Middle of a Blue, uh, Led Zeppelin?
1: Um, maybe. I and, can see that kind of a mid-tempo Zeppelin thing. I was, in,
0: in, in the ethereal sound. And the yeah. fact that you're pulling it off with one instrument, I find incredibly, uh, like, wow. Um, oh, thank you. But it's, a, it's, it's not the wall of sound. It's definitely not that. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot going on, like musically, in those songs. Is that something that's very indicative of sound and shape? Is it a lot of sounds?
1: Yeah, uh, this record definitely has a lot more synths on it, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, a direct result of listening to so much Peter Gabriel. But in my <laughs> since we're yeah, since we're only a three piece, um, mm-hmm. I try to make my guitar parts be as melodic as possible on their own Mm -hmm. since I have to fill so much um, sonic space, you know, and I have a really ridiculously solid rhythm section, which gives me the ability to, you know, be able to, to play around with that a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I try to make my, vocal melodies as melodic as possible so there's a there's a lot of melodic information going on yeah even if even if it's just the three of us or even if it's just me so
0: but it's still layers i think that just Mm -hmm. adds it adds so much to the experience because it gives people you know the ability to hear different things at different times so i think it's just Mm -hmm. it's a really cool sound that you guys have going and and i mean obviously thinking in musical theory and playing in musical theory did you grow up like just completely musical or was this something you came into later
1: Um, I my parents say I was born playing a guitar. Actually, there
0: you go.
1: Um, my dad, yeah, my dad is a musician. Um, he's an amazing singer. He's ten times the singer I am. Um, and his dad played, and his brother played, and stuff. Um,
0: I it's in the blood.
1: It is. Yeah, I started playing. um, I actually don't know music theory. Um, I've always played by ear. I took a couple of lessons when I was about six.
0: Wow. Um,
1: and then my, uh, so my favorite band of all time is the Beatles. Um, and my first grade teacher put help like the vinyl help on
0: mm-hmm.
1: while we were reading one day.
0: Oh, you know, not it, it distracting hits, at all.
1: No, it hits, you know, hits that first <laughs> opening and I um. literally closed my book and went and took my chair and sat in front of the record player and grabbed the cover. And I was like, Aww. what is this? Like, tell me about this. So. I went home and my – I was – yeah, first That's grade, so, so cool. I was like seven seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And I went home and I was like, Mom, you know, I heard of this band called The Beatles. Who are they? Tell me everything about them. Um, and from that day on, it was, it was just all Beatles all the time. Wow. And I actually, I taught myself uh, – I did not steal this story from Dave Grohl because I've heard him <laughs> tell this exact thing. And I got okay. so mad. I got so mad because I was like – He's so much more famous than I. And when I tell this story, people are gonna think I stole it. But yeah, I actually no, no. taught I taught myself how to play guitar by looking at Beatles' songbooks at mm-hmm. the chord charts, like because they had little diagrams of the guitar chords. So I would yeah. put put the tape in my stereo, look at the the diagrams and mm-hmm. you know play along and stuff. Um and I did that That's so cool. Endlessly until I was about I guess maybe twelve. Um and then I was like, well. I should probably learn how to play lead guitar. Um, <laughs> so I learned a couple of scales and just kind of went from there. But you know, it was a lot of, a lot of dedication, a lot of um, being antisocial for a long time.
0: Um, <laughs> well, we are all are now, so that's a bonus. Maybe yeah. you could be inspiring the next great generation yeah, of, yeah, exactly. of musicians because we mm-hmm. all kind of had to pop away for a little bit but so clearly you had music from a very young age which is cool do you oh, yeah. kind of see some of the same of that in your own son with liam
1: um a bit yeah he asked for um a set of drums for christmas so we bought him a, always on we bought him an electronic kit he plays sometimes i keep trying to get him to um take lessons but he's uh he's he's my personality twin so lessons ah. are not something he's interested in at all
0: youtube yeah. I mean, just let him loose with some Dave Grohl videos on YouTube. He'll come yeah. out of savant. It'll be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, That's very idea. exciting though. it. My daughter loves a microphone, so it's like when you get to see a glimpse of yourself and your children and them oh, enjoying yeah. what you do. It just it makes your heart explode. And I since they are watching, uh let's jump back in and uh let's give them another song that they can sing and play along to. What would you like to play for us next?
1: Uh this one is called Filament and Spark. Thank you. And it's the, the first song on the new record
2: you never see flowers in the dark I you know they're there but the colors ran before everything fell apart try to be pure of soul and heart when beauty cuts the wound runs deep i wish to touch the face i knew by heart That nobody makes No fellow passengers I have to keep safe I am the train That nobody takes I'll never be both filament and spark, That I can be the frame to a broken piece of art, statue cracked, painting ripped in two, a photograph that faded fast that once held proof of me. And Nobody makes. No fellow passengers. I have to keep safe. I am the train that no.
0: visuals again. That's a great song by the way. Thank you so much for uh, <laughs> joining you. us here in Jam Happy Hour. Ryan with uh, Sound and Shape is with us. Uh it's a very like ethereal. It's a very visual. It's almost like it's very much storytelling because you think about Yeah. That song sounds like, you know, like like an old train kind of a story and <laughs> a sense of like it's it's not today's train. I mean, again, I'll go back to the visual thing. Like are you trying to tell that kind of a story with that song?
1: Um, I mean, yes and no. I'm trying to, let's see how to answer this without sounding like total pretentious. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? Like I'm um, really super
0: curious. Like I get like this old timey, you know, rickety train guy sitting by himself <laughs> in a car, you know, it's like, it's very much a story to me. But, you know, again.
1: No, that's, that's great. I, my goal is to sort of um, definitely implant images Mm -hmm. in your brain with the lyrics, Mm -hmm. but like how you interpret them is all personal.
0: Well, that's what I got from that. I thought I was, I was thinking, think to very like specific, like old, like lonely guy on the train, like where's leaving his life behind and like sadness and.
1: I can see that for sure. Well, I mean, I would
0: hope so. You made it. (laughs) uh, The album (laughs) did come out this year, uh, 2022, with uh, Disaster Medicine. Mm -hmm. But you and I had discussed earlier about how much of the album had already been kind of in production, was already like a thing. And then Mm -hmm. 2020 happened.
1: Yeah. Like I said, our our first recording session for this record was February 29th, 2020.
0: (laughs) Nothing (laughs) happened (laughs) that (laughs) month. Yeah. And I remember...
1: (laughs) While uh Ben, our drummer, was getting drum sounds with the engineer, Nathan, Pat, our bass player, and I went to the store mm-hmm. and it was like when they were just starting to have like, you know, hand sanitizer stations and stuff, and him and I were like, Huh, I wonder what this is gonna turn into, you know? Just like, yeah, this is nothing. And uh yeah, you know, like a week later
0: everything.
1: I remember being I worked I worked in a restaurant at the time and I was in the kitchen and we were getting like hourly updates from the governor saying like oh capacity is now at 75% mm-hmm. oh 50% 20% oh now you just have to close
0: and of course in your mind that's your livelihood and and that's what's happening but in your heart you also have to be thinking my god we're we're in the process of this album this yeah. is happening these songs are fluid and being generated right now yep. what did, what did that do to the whole process
1: uh it slowed it down tremendously we uh um, tremendously <laughs> We had uh I wish I had my I actually kept a journal of the first few weeks um oh wow of recording. Um or the first week of recording. And probably
0: kept you sane. Yeah. Uh
1: but we did um I think when we had to stop, we had two songs done just rhythm guitar. All mm-hmm. the bass and drums were done, but just two songs done basic guitars. So we had so much more to go and mm-hmm. That was in early March and I don't think we were able, um, things settled down to where like we felt comfortable enough being in a room with each other with masks on and stuff sure. probably mm-hmm. I think in June of that year. Um, so okay. yeah, so it was a good th- yeah. three month break. Um, and you know, it was good for some things, you know, I was kind of able, um, cause I, I just out of boredom, I would set up my recording gear and, and, and play around with different parts. Yeah. Um, to see if I wanted sure. to change things or whatever. So they, it was kind of good for that. It gave us more time, um, gave us more time to live in the songs. You know, I, of course, tweaked and edited uh, lyrics right up until I sang them.
0: So much, um, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so too much time sometimes is too much time. But Yeah, um,
1: that's uh, one of the reasons. So we initially gave ourselves um, from February 29th, I think April 17th was our cutoff because we were going on tour starting on, like, Mm -hmm. the 20th or something like that. Um, And so we were like, good, we won't be able to be too self-indulgent. We only have these five weeks to do this record. And then that all went out the window. Oops. (laughs) Um, And I, uh, it's funny, I I won't say his name, because he's a a very well-known musician who happens to be a hero of mine. And we speak every once in a while through different social media. And, like, I asked him, I was like, how do you, when you have so much time, you know, you don't have a, a label breathing down your neck. Like, now we don't have tour dates we have to do. Like, we have so much time. How do you keep from being self-indulgent? And he was like, I'm the last person that you should ask about not being self-indulgent. <laughs> he was like, if you have the time, just do it. And then when you get to the end of yeah. it, if there are things that are, you know, certain things are too much or, um you know, it feels too bogged down, then, you know, that's when you have your mix engineer or whatever. Like, somebody else give an opinion sure. on it. So that's kind of what we did. Um, There's a song on the record called "Gods," and I think that has just a ton of guitar tracks on it, like probably ten or twelve different parts, all doubled and like because you had the
0: time to live in it, because you had the time to keep going back. Like (laughs) I guess, like kind of like because you had so much time to live and breathe in this album, uh, are the songs fundamentally different than they would have been because we all changed, we've all Mm -hmm. grown, and 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 you know, not the same people that we were two, three years ago, right. these songs are like individual, like little people. Like, <laughs> did they grow and change over the arc until the album came out as well?
1: Um, that's a good question. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Um, I mean, they, you know, they stayed the same once we did the basic tracks, as far as like arrangements go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one, <laughs> one thing in particular, there's a song called heirlooms. um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of a heavier, like chuggier song, and it was already heavy. But that summer that we were all stuck at home, I really got into Opeth. Um, okay. And so that when I that. so when I had to go back and do the guitars for that, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna palm mute that a little there. bit more, and you know, make it a little, a little more metal. Um, I would never profess to be a metal guitar player or a metal band, but that was, I, th- I think in that respect, yeah, like certain things, you know because being at home all i did was listen to music a lot and play music and stuff sure. so like different things were going into my brain than they than what were there when we started the record so yeah so in
0: that instance you know th- th- that song did grow mm-hmm. change evolve because of the the collective of what everybody was going through. And then, you know, to kind of jump a little bit, because of streaming, because of technology, um, the the way of putting music out also changed a little bit too, because mm-hmm. you didn't have these setups. You didn't have the tour. You didn't have, you know the 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 plotted out plan. Was there ever a point where you guys were just like, we could just hit this button right here. We just <laughs> right here, boom, and just like send it out into the universe.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. me. <laughs> that was me telling nice. our telling our management like, I don't care how it gets out. I just want it out. Like, make okay. it make it go out. You know, because I think it was. let me think about this. My timelines are always a little fuzzy. We finished tracking, and aren't we all? <laughs> we finished tracking in September, August, or September of 2020, and then it. Was done being mixed in December. I, I'm pretty sure I took about 15 years off the mix engineer's life with how <laughs> detailed I was. At least you
0: own it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm. I always joke around. I'm going to get him and our graphics guy, and our agent and our manager and our lawyer all shirts that say, um, "I had to deal or I survived dealing with Ryan during the making of Disaster Medicine," and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. I should probably get my wife and son one too, but...
0: Probably should, yeah. um, It's probably a good idea.
1: Yeah. Make a jewelry,
0: actually. Jewelry. (laughs)
1: Because at that point, it was like, well, it's been long enough. Like, we might as well make this exactly how we want it. Um, So... And
0: how do you feel now that it's out there and now that it encompasses two years of all of that work and all those feelings and all those sessions and now it's, like, out?
1: It's always a strange feeling um we this is definitely the record that we've worked the hardest and the most on um ever i'd say right nice. um especially i mean down to the artwork like all the all the ad material has all been the same you know mm-hmm. uh theme and everything um but i'm I'm super proud of it, we all are, and you know i it's it's telling to me that yeah, these songs you know, are older now, even though they're brand new to the world. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not sick of them yet. <laughs> I still, right. I still like, I love playing them. Like they're super fun to play. Um, You know, they're still relevant to me. We all love playing them. And I still like to listen to the record, you know, like if any artist that tells you they lot. don't listen to their own music they're it's BS, they do. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, you know, I listened to it a ton before it came out just being like, it's got to be. Is it perfect? Is it perfect? Okay, I think it's. I think it's how I want it to be. And it's like, oh, I hear a guitar part, and oh, I would.
0: You can't I, ever make it perfect. No, perfect. I
1: would. I would text the band chat and be like, "Sorry guys, we have to remix the whole record. I heard a guitar part. I had to." J- just joking, but they're like, "Right, <laughs> yeah, Um <laughs> but yeah." No, I'm. I'm so glad it's out there. Um, and we want to get it out there Well, it's there on all the more. platforms,
0: I and mean, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. It is out there now. Mm-hmm. And, and if you want to you want to Spotify it, you want to stream it, you want to have it. It's out into the world. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk uh, touring and playing the record coming here in just a little bit. But I do not want to run out of time. I want more music in here for sure. Um, what song would you like to play for us next from Sound and Shape?
1: Um, this is do called Don't Tell you? Mama I'm a Sinner. From, Strong title. From this record.
0: So. From Disaster Medicine. Perfect. Thank you you
2: leaving nothing but a silhouette i loved you once so maybe I can handle
0: too wow um again i get lost in the stories of the songs and i'm like i like has your mom heard that song i don't know it's not
1: it's not actually about my mother also i have to confess i am looking at lyrics because it's been a while since i've had to play these songs (laughs) i'm not texting or anything i was just figuring (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) it's fine um a lot going on there yeah obviously we all have things that uh mom doesn't need to know about and we'll just kind of keep that our <laughs> musical secret here in the jam happy hour uh, hanging out with ryan from sound and shape uh with us this evening um you talked about the album kind of getting lost in the vacuum suck of time that's been the last couple of years uh what about mm-hmm. touring what's the plan there of getting back out and performing these songs in front of your fans and making new friends
1: um that is the goal um we want as many new fans <laughs> as we want. Um, it's tough because we're we've actually already started demoing for a new record. Um, oh yeah, but you've been I just, waiting two I, years, I, of course. I, well, I write I write a lot, and it was like I was I was going through all the demos I have and stuff and putting them in lists of like, oh, I like this one. This one needs a lot of work. This one, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I realized I already had like twenty seven new songs, so I was like. All right, we gotta we gotta at least demo something. Do
0: something, yeah.
1: Um, but we toured in May. Um, I did a few dates opening up for this band uh, called The Pineapple Thief um, solo, which is where these arrangements are from. Okay. Um, it was the first show was the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life because i I'm not a solo guy sure. at all,
0: and having not been um, on stage for a couple of years too. Right,
1: and it like- was in a. Um, it was the venue itself was thirteen hundred capacity. Um but it That's was seated. Sense. So there yeah, oh. but it was seated, so there was only six hundred people there. Oh. Um but it was still terrifying. <laughs> um but after, <laughs> after I after I did the the first one, it was it was great. It actually ended up being one of my favorite times on the road. Those guys are they're a great band and um their crew and I like literally like fell in love. Like we were all in tears when we had to say goodbye the last night.
0: If we've learned anything in the last couple of years, I think it's to embrace those uh, situational things that you don't exactly see uh, going mm-hmm. a certain way and just being able yep. to kind of flow with it. And the fact that you were able to step in and, you know, and further the brand and further the music and further the fan base by getting out and doing something that maybe you weren't 100% comfortable with. But yet it ended up being such a great thing. I think it's a yeah. great lesson for everybody to learn.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It was it was great. We sold a ton of records and a ton of merch. Um, and then we did our own tour, like our full band tour. I came home. <laughs> the last show was actually here. I had to drive from Milwaukee to Nashville, Okay. Play, play a show, had a day off, and then jumped in the van with the guys. And then we did our <laughs> own full band tour, which Aww. is great. Um, Yay.
0: But also at the same time, we're like, oh, bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, my wife and my son got to come to the Nashville show, which is the first time my son has ever actually um, been to a show. So that was great. Um, Headphones and, then, and all. No, no, because it was just me, so it was oh, okay. quiet. Um and then uh we're doing some stuff in September, stuff in October, and I'm kinda just waiting to you know hear what's next. So actually I'm not waiting right. here. I'm bugging I'm bugging our agent every you're, day.
0: You mean the guy. It's like fire <laughs> yeah. the machine up, we're ready to go. It's it's game on. Uh I know yes. you mentioned that you were in Nashville and we had at the beginning of the happy hour and thanks to everyone who's been watching along. Um that there's a lot of influences that go into the music of sound and shape and Mm -hmm. Nashville right now, you know, if people think of Nashville as this country town, that is not the case anymore. Nashville has changed Mm. so much and there are so many influences and sounds and songwriters and, and opportunities to to get out and hear and learn and see and do. Um, What is it like making music in that kind of an environment right now?
1: Um, it's actually gotten better for us for a long time. I'd say 98% of our career, like Nashville is just kind of like, you know, and not, not to like sound bitter, <laughs> but like, you know, like, no, I don't want to say shunned us, but it's kind of been like, they're leery of us because we're not a garage band. We're not a punk band. We're not a metal band. We're not, you know, I mean, we're not,
0: You're not we're not, not fit a band. into a box,
1: right? We're not a band that's only playing these venues with these bands and these shows, mm-hmm. And all this stuff. But um, in the last year, and especially with this record, um, like the local press has started to be really, really nice um, and supportive and stuff. And our last couple shows here have been great. So we're uh, we're excited now that we can you know actually play at home. And it's and it's uh, we used to just treat Nashville as like if we can fit it into a tour. Right. We'll do it.
0: You out, know, or, totally. if a,
1: or if a show pops up that we really want to do, we'll do it. Well, you but had a really now, great quote.
0: Like, oh. uh, there was an interview in Nashville uh, City Beat where you said that ambiguity when describing yourself is super important. And I think Nashville's mm-hmm. trying to do that a little bit itself too, because so for so long it was just seen as the country western thing, and that's really yeah. not the the scene. So, I mean, there's plenty of it there. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but yeah. that's really not the scene so much anymore. So, it's cool that you're kind of feeling that that kind of embrace as well. It's like legit. Absolutely. So hopefully uh if we don't get to make it to Nashville soon to see you play, we'll get to see you out on the road, September, October, whatever is to come next. What and you're already working on another album. Um, what is the best way to keep up with uh sound and shape?
1: Um if you go to our website, there's a spot to put in your email address for a mailing list. Perfect. Um, but also all the, you know, all the socials we're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and YouTube and it's Spotify part of the gig now. And, yep, yep. And you know, we're active on there, so say hi and you know, let us know what you think and all that oh, stuff. So that's
0: y'all. That's you're you're in there. You're doing the work.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I
0: love that. That's even better. We mm-hmm. have time for one more song, Ryan. Sure. Uh, what would you like to wrap up the evening with? Uh,
1: this one's called "Someday Maybe."
0: Perfect. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.
2: If you want to burn it down, I'll hand you the match The flags of our fathers don't need Gasoline to catch Let's kiss till we're sick And laugh till we're hoarse Louder than the boots As they march to another war What is left when laughter
0: great taste of uh, Disaster Medicine tonight. I mean, five songs off a new album. It is out there. If uh, you're liking what you're hearing, please dive in with Sound and Shape and support them and catch them when they're out on the road. And again, I'll just come back around to there are so many sounds and there are so many different influences in your music like i'm gonna have a really great time just kind of like dissecting the album a little bit more awesome. and, and picking out like the different things that i hear or you know how i'm interpreting the many the layers and the fact that you're pulling it off with just you like i'm <laughs> excited to see what you know the whole the band uh, sound and shape can do and just thank you for your, your awesome. time this evening
1: oh thank you for having me i had a great time
0: and for everybody watching along right now, Chuck and Heather and everybody, thank you for all of your comments and enjoying oh. along and the fact that uh, you can share it with your friends and, and, and kind of spread the word on the band a little bit more and, or just, you know, jump back in for the next Jam Happy Hour. We've just thoroughly enjoyed another wonderful uh, evening of uh, music and wine and celebrating music and what it is that we do. And thank you for your time and thank you for your talent.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me so much.
0: You got it. You guys have a great night. Cheers you to do. you. And uh, stay healthy, stay safe, stay sane. We'll do. Good night. Good night.